Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Essential Films Podcast. This is one of our bonus features episode. Uh, this audio here, uh, where we discuss many things from Alamo Draft House to a lot of Jeff Goldblum movies to the some of the Oscar nominees this year, uh, was recorded while we did our uh, Silence of the Lambs episode on January 30th, 2019. Uh, it didn't fit in with the rest of the show, so I chopped it out and put it in here as a bonus feature. So enjoy. Thank you. Um... <laughs> uh, but what have you been doing, or have you been keeping yourself busy? Uh, well, it is Oscar season, so I have been trying to catch up with a lot of uh, a lot of these movies. I still, I, from when we last talked, it's still the same. I still have the one best picture nom to watch, and that's Green Book, which is disappointing because you know my uncle saw it, he liked it, like he really liked it, and then I. I get your opinion that it's incredibly average. So I was like, ugh, do I really want to watch it now? <laughs> I mean, no, I have to watch it, but it's just now I'm not, there's no like hype for me around it. it, so. it it's, it's average at best. It, it's, it's a, it's another, it's a, it's a, it's a racism movie for white people, you know? It, oh, so we're going back to like the help territory then. It's like the, it's kind of like the help, kind of like Crash, but not as bad as those two. I really hate those two movies. I don't hate Green Book. But it's in that territory for me. It, it's the kind of movie uh, your grandparents are going to like uh, because it makes them feel better <laughs> about the old days when, you know. <laughs> but it, it just kind of like – it just like racism is solved way too easily in this movie. But uh, we'll get to that when we do a forced perspective on it. But oh, yeah. I, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, and I certainly don't think it belonged in the – in the uh, best picture race, but that's just me. There's a couple of movies in that best picture category. I don't think belong to there. And there's a couple that should be there that aren't, which yeah, is interesting true. enough. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Actually. I uh, we not to go into a whole thing because obviously that's more of a, we could do that on force respected, but it's like this year is kind of weird because, and, and here's the thing I'll never understand. I don't know if you talked about this, like, you know, you have like many threads on this topic, like on your Facebook and on your Twitter, but I what I don't understand is, and I forgot who I talked about. It. I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but I think it was. I think it was with Joe. I said to him, "What I don't understand is, you have the rule is you have the slots for ten nominees and you don't use them. Why? Because that I don't understand. It's a ranking system. So like when you, whenever people are nominating their picks. So let's say you, and I'm just taking, um, just taking three names off the top of my head. I'm not saying that they deserve to be in there or not um some so let's say your three best movies are black panther black klansman and a green book okay you rank them in a particular order and you give them a certain number um and then uh given that um they only take a certain amount of movies that have that hit a specific number so if they so even though they have 10 slots that means only eight movies hit that number, like whereas the other two movies didn't. The other two slots, uh, you know, there weren't two other movies that hit that number, which is why they didn't get up to ten. Oh, which is why like... sometimes we've had eight <laughs> nominees and sometimes we've had nine nominees. It's because of that. So you're basically saying it's like the electoral college of movies. Is that what Kinda. you're saying? It's kind of dumb. <laughs> like I totally get like giving a ranking to 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 the movies, right? That that's totally fine. But uh, I don't understand like the like I, I, but I'm also like I mean, you may as well just put in the other two slots, like you know what I mean. But whatever, because then when you have like movies like Beale Street that aren't there, 
and freaking um, what was the other one that annoyed me? That that wasn't the Cold War. Why isn't that one there? You know, like yeah, if the and director's then has, nominated. Why isn't Cold War up for Best Picture? Like that's yeah. this is weird. Yeah, Cold War has Best Director, but not a Best Picture nominee. That's weird. It's usually you know? the other way around. Usually because there's only five director slots, right? Those five usually have a running in Best Picture. But I I don't I think it's very rare to see a Best Director that is not nominated for Best Picture. That makes no sense. Yeah, not only does it make no sense, it's just weird. You know, yeah. it, it, I have not seen Cold War. Apparently, it's very good, but I have not seen that one yet. Yeah, I'm going to try to to see that uh, within the next couple of weeks. It's uh, now in my art house. It just opened like last week. Yeah, so. it, it's playing in art houses in the city. Uh, there's a couple places in the burbs that's playing it, but like still mm. kind of far do, from from me. Do you want to really go to the polar vortex just for Cold War? Right, no. <laughs> for Cold War, <laughs> I know, right? No, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and catch it. Like one of these days when when I got a little extra time, um, uh, probably have to drive into the city to do it. But yeah. But the uh, good thing about it is that a lot of these uh, nominees are now up on uh, video on demand, so you can rent them. Like the wife is up uh, there now, I think. So I, uh, yeah, I, I've um, I, I've got I've got a couple on my my list here that I'm gonna rent. Um, the wife is among them. Um, a couple of the documentary features. Oh. RBG is on Hulu. I actually watched that. I got to see that. Dude. I, I tried that. to go out to Alamo to see it. And I, today, actually, they had a screening. If I was feeling better, like, you know, healthier, I probably would have gone over there because the director was there for a Q&A. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I need to see that. Yeah, it, it's on Hulu, so you can w- catch it that way. Um, yeah. well, uh, well, what I've been assessing right now with Hulu and and, uh, and Netflix is I've been watching those Fire Festival documentaries. <laughs> That's what I've been obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, I'm a bit episodes. behind on those. <laughs> Those are really good, by the way. It's Uh-oh. just uh, it's it's it. I'm not even gonna get. Don't get me started on a fire festival because it's such a cluster that I'm not even gonna. Let's not open that that Pandora's box right now. Let's just go watch the documentaries. That's all I got to say to everybody. <laughs> They're really good. Um, but as far as everything else goes, like you know, I'm just trying to make the time to uh to catch up on all of this stuff. Yeah, and, uh, the wife is on my list. It's it, you can you can rent that now. Uh, at Eternity's Gate, which is that kind of out of left field Willem Dafoe Best Actor nomination one, that yeah. one that one's available to rent. Uh, First Reformed, which is a uh, uh, up for Best Screenplay with our boy uh, Paul Schrader, yes, uh, that's that right. is available to rent and buy. Um, so I'm, I, I'm definitely going to check out First Reformed probably sooner than the other ones because everything I hear about that movie is like. Ethan Hawke was apparently robbed by not getting a Oscar nomination. So yes, um, and everything yeah, that's I hear been about had hype movie, since like, like September, October. I was hearing about that movie. Yeah, yeah I think so, it came out in the summer, and then like in September, I kept hearing, "Oh, first reform is like amazing." It's like, hmm, maybe that's one to look out for. You know, Oscar uh, award season, and then yeah, it got a best original screenplay nom. But like, it, I kept reading Twitter, "Oh, Ethan Hawke was robbed." Like, oh, so I, I probably have to see this too. Then interesting. Uh, and then one more before we kind of get into things uh, that I want to make kind of call out here. Nothing, not a single thing for eighth grade, which I really like this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should. That, I would have guessed. I would have thought at least a, a screenplay, but nothing. Yeah, that was that was heartbreaking, too, considering that it was getting award nominations like in for other things, like for other ceremonies. Um and to see it not get nothing for Oscar, that was that was disappointing because I, I'm the one that gave me the hype on that movie. Like I saw it over the it summer, did. and I said, "Yeah, it's really you need good. To see this. It's really good. It's really good." I bought that Blu-ray the first week it came out. Like that that week, like it was a it was a day one for me. That movie. Uh, also, robbed Hereditary 
Tony Collette. Uh, oh man, that's a bunch of crap. She didn't get a that, she didn't that, get that, a best a actress nominee. That's that's a bunch of crap. Um, no no offense to the other ladies, but one of those spots should have gone to Tony Collette. Yeah, I know that was that was heartbreaking for me too. <laughs> you know, because I love Hereditary and I love Tony Collette. And we, we talked about that already on this show, but uh, you know that was that was not good. Uh, the big surprise to a lot of people, I mean, it, not necessarily a surprise because I had a feeling it was going to happen, but uh, uh, Black Panther getting the designated blockbuster uh, nominee. this year, Every year you kind of have like one blockbuster thrown in there, right? So Black Panther, I guess, made the list this year. Um, I'm and, happy uh, for it. I'm happy for it. it didn't and I get why it's there. So, so I, I, there's no complaints coming from me because I, I understand. Yeah, I think the last there. time this happened was maybe Mad Max. I think it was the last time a movie like that was nominated for Best yeah, Picture. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I kind of see a similar track for it where it's going to like early on, it's going to clean up a lot of those technical awards that it's nominated for. Uh, but then it's not going to win like the quote unquote big ones. Right. Yeah. Again, I get why it's there. Um, personally, would I put it among the best of the year? No. Might maybe it might make my top ten. I still have to kind of think about that when we do force perspective. I have my top ten list, but would it make it probably? But um, you know, to me, it's just like Black Panther is great. Like, remember when we talked about Black Panther? We're like, we had nothing but good things to say about Black Panther. But it's just like you know, going through the rest of the year, um, just looking back on it. Maybe I have to rewatch it, but it's just now it just feels a little average to me. You know, compared to like what the Oscars are like, and don't get me wrong, you know, like I said, I get why it's here, but maybe I would have put something else like Beale Street in its place. You know what I'm saying? But um, that's just me. Well, I think we could have put Beale Street in there instead of Green Book. Uh, yeah, I'm still annoyed about that. Um, but uh, yeah, currently, but but, Black- but, that, but uh, not to cut you off, but but it's like, and then when you see like Bohemian Rhapsody, they're like. I didn't really like that movie. Like it was good, but it wasn't like Oscar good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then it's there, and, and it's I, I don't get it. That's another one that I don't understand. So that's an, that's another weird one. It's a, I mean, it was certainly a, a crowd pleaser. Yes. but it was. It's not a particularly good movie. It's very strange that it, it has so many nominations. Yeah, and I'm surprised that like, and, and it, it's funny that like this gets dominated, and then like literally the next day you start hearing the the news about Brian Singer, and it's like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he was he didn't. I don't. He did get directing credit in the film. Yeah, it, but he did walk out of that movie like he did like direct like eighty percent of it or something. And yeah, and I forget the director who kind of cleaned up after him what was, um, but apparently he was kind of a hot mess on that shoot. Mm-hmm. I heard. Um. But, uh, I mean, as far as Black Panther goes, like, uh, I, I right now it's still in my top ten. I've still got a, a couple other movies I, I need to kind of cross off the list before I kind of make my official top ten. Um, but it, it's still in my top ten, kind of in in my, certainly my designated blockbuster entertainment popcorn flick spot. Um, but, yeah, still kind of waiting to, f- there's still some kind of big ones that I got to see before I kind of make my official list. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's where I'm standing right now with with all this too. It's just you know I'm doing the marathon again, so um, it's just and I talked about this you know with my uncles. We I, him and I go every year, and it's just like with the eight nominees now. Well, technically we're getting seven. That's BS. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, out of the eight nominees, we're only gonna get to see seven. So I'm saying to him. They better not throw me out on the street at like three o'clock in the morning because I will tell them I'm staying here till like seven. <laughs> like I'm gonna take a nap at three in my in the theater and I will not leave till like seven. 
if they're going to throw me out on the street at three. Like, that's crazy. You know, I hope they don't do that. But When does it start? Um, I think it starts at 11. 11 so I kind of have to... I kind of have to add up now all of these times, like these running times. Like, I don't know what the, what the lineup is yet, like for what slots. But, yeah, it starts at 11 in the morning and it's supposed to be, quote unquote, 24 hours, which we know it's not going to be now. Uh, so I'm just hoping that they kind of let us out close to like 7 o'clock because I'm not walking around Manhattan at 3 o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> trying to get home. That's just – it's impossible. So – but we'll see. But on that tangent, you know, it was – and you sent me the link, dude. Um Roma will not be screening at the Best Picture Showcase this year at the uh, at the AMC showcases they do. I think Regal's not doing the same. Uh, not Regal. Uh, Cinemark is not doing that either, um, for a pretty petty reason because it's a Netflix film. You know, so they went they went through the whole BS response. Oh, because it didn't honor the ninety day window for theatrical releases, we're not gonna show it. They could have showed it, dude, because now that's making more of a, it's making more theatrical runs now as you know, now that it's not up for best picture. There's a lot of screenings popping up at Alamo Drafthouse and more like other theaters, like other chains are showing it like on and off throughout the next couple of months. So I don't see the how there wasn't a way how Quaron and AMC couldn't have like made a, like a deal to screen it. This just comes off as petty, just like you said. I agree with you 100 percent when it comes to that stuff. It's just it's dumb. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but again, it's 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 the they don't want they're annoyed at Netflix at Netflix. Um, I mean, th- there is something to that ninety day window thing, right? Like they do, they movie theater chains in general don't like um, don't like films that kind of start off on like a Netflix or you know that get released and then like within a few days are available on Netflix. Now the thing is, is that Roma did have a longer theatrical independent theatrical run. Before it popped up on Netflix, I think it was in theaters maybe like a month before they popped up on Netflix. I was hearing critics talk about it well before yeah. Netflix, uh, and I, I ended up watching it on Netflix because it was I could see it at my art house. But my art, my the best art house theater in in Chicago is called the Music Box. It's a great venue, but it's hard for me to get to. Uh, and they were showing it the seventy millimeter print, but I just could not get to it when they were showing it. So. Um, it's just so I had to kind of wait, had to watch it on Netflix. I did watch it on my biggest, the big screen, I had my big screen TV and everything. But I could tell just watching it, like man, I wish I would have seen this in seventy millimeter because it is a beautiful movie. Um, but so I mean, it did have a run in theaters. It just, I, it really is just, I think, just because they're being petty because Netflix has never. I mean, they've had movies in contention before for other awards. Uh, I think Mudbound was one of them last year. Um, but this is the first time a Netflix-produced film has been nominated for so many awards and has a major shot at winning the big one, the, the Best Picture. So, um, yeah, this I think this is just pettiness. And I think in time, you know, this will eventually, like, you know, they'll eventually work together, I think. I think but this is going to be one of the first years where they're, they're just going to put their foot down and be childish about it. Yeah, it's just disappointing. Like it's up for best picture. Show it in the best picture showcase. That's all. I, that's all I'm asking for, dude. Make it a real like best picture showcase. Uh, but apparently they don't care about that. Anyway, um, but I think before uh, before we get started here, I do have to go on my. Uh, you know, you know what this is. You know what portion of the show this is. Mm-hmm. So I have to talk about Alamo for a minute because. How awesome are they? And it's just – it's one of those things where it's like I think you're getting – I think actually, Adolfo, you're getting one soon in Chicago. I think I heard some scuttlebutt. I that saw you're getting something one. about a new one, but I, I didn't see Chicago. 
Okay, hold on. Let me look at the the list here. Um, yeah, maybe it wasn't Chicago, but I think you're. I think somebody. Uh, you know what it was? Somebody on Twitter because they announced the opening of the Orlando one, right? Orlando. Yeah, that's coming. the one I heard about. Orlando's coming in a couple of months. So then on, in the Twitter thread for that one, somebody said, well, you know, I love you guys. When are you bringing one to Chicago? And then Alamo replied with the gif of Batman, like, thinking. So they're teasing, like, maybe something happening for Chicago soon. So mm. just it's keep keep your eyes and ears out for that one. All right. But um, I do have some, some sad news. Um, this week I was – yesterday, actually, I was supposed to go to the dinner screening of Matilda – at Alamo, but unfortunately I had to cancel those because of me feeling out of the weather. Um, so instead we kind of, instead we traded those tickets in for the office space movie party. So that's going to be fun. That's in a couple of weeks. So we'll be doing that. But before I, uh, you know, move on from Matilda, I do want to read to you Adolfo, like I did with seven, the uh, four course meal that I would have gotten if I had attended the screening of Matilda. So it's a traditional quote unquote four course meal. So, Course number one, according to them, is called Baby's First Pancake, and it's basically black pepper with scallion pancake with beet cream, and it's paired with a drink called Harry Wormwood's Hair Tonic, which is basically gym, creme de violette, and lemon. So that's your first course. You uh, you drooling yet? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> course number two is called a traditional TV dinner, which is porchetta. Glazed baby carrots, black garlic mashed potatoes, and a Parker House roll. There's also a vegetarian option that goes with that. It's called fried cauliflower tossed in sage glaze. And it's paired with a tall can of Sierra Nevada Nooner Pilsner, which is a beer, for those who don't know what a Pilsner is. So that's course number two. Course number three is called You Can Do It Brucey, which is basically a slice of delicious five-layer chocolate cake. Paired with the Boo Schoolhouse Milk, which is basically co- cognac, rum, and milk, which now I can't have anymore, apparently, according to the doctor. <laughs> um, and finally, course number four is called Miss Honey's Tea and Chocolate. It's basically a vanilla chai tea with bourbon and honey. And there's a chocolate bonbon on the side with a cherry inside. So that's your four-course meal for Matilda. Um, now that I'm really looking at this, maybe it was a good thing I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, it's it's interesting. Like the seven one was was, was I think was better. Um, this one just kind of looks weird. <laughs> I'm sure um, not to say that it w- wasn't delicious, but it just it kind of looks weird from what I'm reading here. So anyway, that's that one. But um, before I get to the main event of uh, of this whole Alamo talk, I did talk to you about going to see uh, the the Shamalamathon. Did I tell you about that? <laughs> I, I don't think I told people about this yet, but uh, so the week before, actually the weekend, I should say, before Glass came out, they did a uh, what's called the M. Night Shyamalanathon at Alamo, where they screened all three movies, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, back to back to back in one afternoon. So that's pretty cool. And then the best thing, I will, not only it's the best thing, but I think the cool thing about it was that M. Night Shyamalan showed up and did like a brief Q&A before Glass, which now that I, I thought about it after I saw Glass, I thought about that and I was like, that's slick, that's slick mf Because I, I don't want to curse on this show, but I was like, this slick mf because he knew, I think he knew that if he had waited until after Glass, 
to do his Q&A, I would have started throwing stuff at him, and he wouldn't have liked that. Because let's just say Glass was very underwhelming. I don't know if you got to see it, but... I, I have not got to see it. Uh, I was He blew it, dude. I was he, excited he, for it until I heard some of the reviews. Now, to be fair, there's been a lot of positive reviews as well. Um, but because it's been so mixed, I... I you know, I was. It kind of made the choice of like, you know what? It's Oscar season. It's awards season. I'm gonna focus on those. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna catch glass on the flip side. You know, I'm just gonna yeah. catch it whenever it's on video or or, or on demand or something. Because I've got too too many other things I gotta think. I gotta watch right now to like waste time on what a lot of people think is a mediocre film. Yes. Um, I think I, I was the one that was like really hyped for this. And you know what this felt like to me. It felt like when I saw Independence Day 2, because you remember how hyped I was for that movie. And then what we got was this just mess. It can't be as bad as Independence Day 2, is it? Uh, well, I think on the hype, I think I'm comparing it to Independence Day 2 only because that's the amount of hype I had going into Glass. And it just shattered my hopes and dreams. That's what happened to me. So um, quality wise, I probably shouldn't compare the two, but it's just on. As far as the hype level, that's where I was at when I was going to this movie. Um, but on the flip side, I got a really cool pint glass glass. So that was that was neat. I think I, sh- I showed you a picture of that. Um, that's the thing with Alamo. They do like really cool stuff like that. Like I got um, I, I, I got my uh, Captain Marvel glass already pre-ordered. So when I go see Captain Marvel, I'm going to get my Captain Marvel glass. So that's going to be cool. Um, but uh, they, they do really cool stuff like that all the time. So uh, I mean it. The good thing I came away with was I got to see Unbreakable on the big shot. That's probably my favorite Shyamalan movie. I love Unbreakable to death. Split is awesome too. And I came away with a, a glass glass, as we call it now. So um, all in all, a good afternoon, despite how glass went. Um, but that's not to talk, not to say that the main event of this discussion wasn't a wacky experience. And I was texting you the entire day on Sunday. This is Royal Rumble Sunday. I should be focused on wrestling on WWE that day, but instead, um, I went to a Jeff Goldblum marathon, dude. Yes. <laughs> um, and of course, if anyone on this planet, Hollywood-wise, is deserving of his own marathon, it's Jeff Goldblum. Um, they uh, and what made it funnier was the fact that it was a mystery marathon, just like what I talked about. I think a couple months ago on the Halloween episode where we did the, uh, I talked about that. Um, Dismember the Alamo horror screening where we got four mystery movies. We didn't know what they were. We got the same thing here four Jeff Goldblum films, and we did not know what they were going to be until they hit the screen. So a lot of speculation. You know, I even told you my theory of what we were going to get. Um, but I'm kind of glad that they went a little obscure with the first one. Um, I was hoping actually that they would do deep cover with our boy Larry Fishburne, but they did not do that one. And I was disappointed because if they were going to go deep cut with that one, they should have gone with deep cover. But we got as our first movie, Earth Girls Are Easy, which I've never seen before. This is the first time watching. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. But I have. I have seen it. That's it's what, a weird the hell, one. what the hell? What the hell did I watch? It's man. a weird one. <laughs> oh, I believe man. he's blue and then they shave him and then he's Jeff Goldblum. And, and he's like, you know, young and handsome Jeff Goldblum. That's right. <laughs> it's funny because the ho- the hosts were like, you know, be careful. Not we provided you know complimentary fans for you, so that when he comes out, you know, in this movie, you're not, you know, you don't faint. You know, you have the fans or the fan yourself from all the hotness of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then Jim Carrey was the red one. I think he was. That was one of his first movies. I think, which is it was cool to see a, a like really like baby faced young Jim Carrey. That was pretty cool. 
Um, and then uh, Damon Wayans, I think, was the the orangey one or the yellow one, whatever the hell he was. But uh, um, and I could just found it funny that they did this movie first and it featured Jim Carrey because right before this started, they were showing trailers, and the last trailer they showed was an announcement for their next marathon, and it's Jim Carrey, 1994, bro. They are doing Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. The triple threat of 1994 for Jim Carrey doing that all in one afternoon in April. So you know I'm going to go to that one. That's going to be awesome. That's a great marathon right there. Classic movies. I grew up with all, all three of those movies. And I pretty much know them like I – I can quote almost all those movies. You know, I so. can't speak for The Mask, but I can say that Ace Ventura does not hold up. <laughs> like last time I watched Ace Ventura, I, I think I just caught it on TV for like – 10 or 20 minutes and i was like so excited i was like oh yeah and then i started watching i'm like oh this isn't funny anymore um, excuse me i uh, need to ask you a few questions yeah it's not funny anymore i'm sorry <laughs> dumb and dumber is still funny uh but i haven't seen the mask in a long long time so i can't comment on that one right right um but uh that trailer legit got applause it, it was it was the uh, biggest applause until like the uh, second movie of the marathon that came out um but yeah, that, I'm hyped for that one. I'm I'm waiting. I'm pins and needles for that ticket to come out because, I'm 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 there. I'm there for that one. Um, but that's why I thought it was funny that Earth Girls Are Easy was the first one. Uh, but yeah, because it's like, is it a musical? Because there's like musical numbers in this, and they kind of just forget it's a musical for like two thirds of the movie. So it's like it's 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 weird. It's weird, but it's that like entertaining like car wreck weird, you know? Like I, I dug it. Um, but they kept the uh, Goldblum Gina Davis combo going with the Fly for number two. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time. I think this it's like my first watch of it in uh, maybe about like three or four years. Uh, it's definitely the first time on the big screen. It was a thirty-five millimeter screening as well for that one. Um, but it's amazing how like the effects, as as much as special effects has evolved since the Fly, it's amazing how it holds up all this time. You know it. it the, the 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 effects on Goldblum and what they did for him, like it looks great. The Oscar winning effects I have to mention too, look freaking great still in 2019. Um, and then I just I as much say what you want about like the, the the film itself, the story, like the story gets to me, dude. Like it's really like it's a heartbreaking tragedy what happens to our boy Brundle and um, that final that final shot, man. Like, man, somebody was cutting onions in that theater because I was on the bridge. It gets me every – does that happen to you, like, the end of that movie? Like, it gets me every time I watch it. It's like I feel like somebody's cutting onions because it's so – it's it's terrible, dude. Like, but it, it, I love the movie, but it's just – it's, it's so uncomfortable to sit through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I know what you're saying. And it's actually one of the I, – I, I watched – it took me a long time to watch that as an adult because I watched it when I was a little kid in the theaters. My father made the very questionable choice of taking me to that film when I was six years old and wow. uh, scared the living hell out of me. And I refused to watch it for like many, many years. So um, they have an odd relationship with The Fly. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that's crazy. dude. <laughs> I mean, oh, it, it's so funny you mentioned that because it's going to go into we're going to go into a tangent later with this particular movie. And I will share my first experience with that one. It's very similar to yours, but uh, but just to kind of wrap up the Goldblum talk, the um, the third movie of our marathon was actually. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. 
Hold on a second. Did I just forget what the third movie was? Hold on. I'm actually drawing a blank right now. Actually, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm going back to the text I sent you to find out. I remember what the third. Into the Night. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. That's a weird one, too. And it's, I think it, there's a Wikipedia page for it and everything. But the thing is, it's so obscure that there's not even a Facebook page for that movie made. Like, I had to actually, like, make my own for it just to type in Into the Night on Facebook because there's no page for it. It's 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 one of those like really like obscure movies that doesn't get a Facebook page. So um, it's uh, Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer looking pretty fine in this movie. I gotta say, um, it's it's another wacky like uh, another wacky like you know crime caper. You know Michelle Pfeiffer's on the run from these like gangsters, and she runs into Jeff Goldblum, who's like having a rough time. His wife's cheating on him, so he's like you know kind of depressed. And they kind of bump into each other randomly, and they kind of just hang out the entire night solving mysteries in the mystery machine. So it's one of those types of movies. So um, it was fun. I like. I enjoyed the movie, but uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's 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 just like '80s wacky. You know what I'm saying? It just has like it's John Landis too. So you know, with John Landis, he he pretty much hits home runs every time. So I liked it, but it's just I don't know if I would probably if I would dig this up again. It's just one of those like kind of. Yeah, I'm entertained now, but then I kind of stopped thinking about it afterwards, you know. But uh, and then the fourth movie was The Lost World, and I came to this brutal realization during this movie that the yeah, compared to the the first one, it's not good. But then as I'm trying to sit through this, I'm like, this is really not good. No, it's a terrible I movie. I don't know if uh, maybe I because I saw it as a ten year old and I kind of I loved it because of all the action and all that, but. It's really hard to sit through in a movie theater now at age 31. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad movie. <laughs> because, like, yeah, the beginning kind of – the setup is fine. At the, Like, the first third, I, I dig. But then after, like – after the T-Rex sequence with the, with the truck, it's just – it's boring. It's just boring, dude. Like, it, it, I was waiting for – I was counting down the time for it to end. And I'm just saying to myself, I don't remember it being this bad. But <laughs> – I guess it always was because, like, you know, everything from from that point to me it was just boring. I don't know if maybe it's just I'm just tired of sitting in an afternoon full of movies. I just want to go home at that point. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. But after that part of the Lost World, it was just like wrap it up, folks. I want to go home, you know, and it's, it was just boring, dude. Like, I don't remember it being that bad. But yeah, it's that bad. And also gymnastics. Oh, let's not get into that. I got a lot of laughs too in the theater too, but unironically. So, but yeah, but four movies featuring Jeff Goldblum. You know, a fun afternoon at the Alamo when all was said and done. They, he had his own menu. I think I sent you the picture of that too, like the Jeff Goldstrom pizza. They had like the Jeff Heirloom. Uh, I don't know. I think what I think it was eggplant or something. And then they had like um, the endless popcorn that was named after Goldblum. I forgot what it was called, but. Um, I even got a gold bloom necklace, which I don't know if I should probably wear or just kind of keep it in its wrapping. And it's kind of weird I wear a gold bloom necklace when that's not my name, but whatever. But all in all, fun time at Alamo. I love when they do stuff like this. You know, it, it's uh, it's just a wacky time starring the master of wacky. So there you go. Um, they should have shown vibes. That's what they should have uh, shown. They really, I, yeah. They, I was hoping they would go more obscure with gold bloom. That's why I said hopefully deep cover. Would have been one of the choices. Vibes. You know, I was hoping they'd troll us and they would do Death Wish for him to show up for like five seconds. You know, they would, well, technically he's in it. So um, I was hoping they would kind of troll us with that, but they didn't. So, 
Um, and I, and I, and I love in how in Death Wish he's credited as Freak Number One or whatever. So that's like <laughs> his name in the movie, Freak Number One. So that's uh, wacky. For for, the, for those who've never seen Vibes, it is uh, Goldblum and Cindy Lauper as side as not sidekicks, sidekicks. I almost said sidekicks, sidekicks uh, who like go to the jungle or something to like look up a find a temple. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But I just know it's Goldblum and Cindy Lauper playing psychics. Wasn't he in one of her music videos also? Because they showed it in the pre-show. They showed Cindy Lauper like singing, and then like Goldblum shows up out of nowhere. I don't know if that's from that movie. It's probably from that movie. Yeah, but because uh, I, I was confused. <laughs> like I'm watching that, I'm like, wait a minute, w- or is this from a movie, or is this like a, one of her music videos that he just happened to be in? You know, that's what I was confused about. But. And then they showed that I show, I sent you the Sesame Street clip when he was Minneapolis, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, I don't know if you watched it, but like he was uh, our boy. I think it was Hooper. Like it was Hooper's like uh, like cousin Minneapolis, and he was dressed like Indiana Jones, which was you know ten times wacky. So that was great to watch. Um, but yeah, everybody loves Jeff Goldblum. He's awesome. They even showed a clip of him like ordering food and going to the supermarket and just it. Which should be mundane for anybody else, but because it's Jeff Goldblum, it was wacky. Like he's at a freaking like at a at a, at a fast food. He's like, um, can I have the uh 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 the the hamburger with the uh, with cheese and uh, some fries on on the side? You know, in that Jeff Goldblum voice, and it's just you gotta you just laugh because it's Jeff Goldblum. Like he's just he's so lovable. <laughs> You know? And then he's at a supermarket buying organic spices, and he's just like examining each one, and you just laugh because it's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he, you know, we love him on this show. We love him on any show. He's he's great. I love that guy. Can't go wrong with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. 